0: After 67 long days, the NRL made its triumphant return last weekend, and what a return it was. A more exciting brand of football, a faster game of football, um, and we've got plenty to talk about today on the podcast. I want to thank you guys for listening to SFT, Steve's NRL Footy Tips 4-Round 4. I'm your host, Stephen Westway, and we're pretty much going to get straight into it. Last weekend, I did get six out of eight footy tips right. After Friday night, I was flying high with a free from free start to the rounds, Riding in with a lot of confidence heading into the Saturday games. Watch the Warriors versus the Dragons. We're just going to talk more about the Dragons' performance later on. But the Dragons let me down, um, followed straight up by the Sharks in the second game of Super Saturday, um, not being able to get the job again done against the Tigers. So Saturday night came along and I was feeling pretty down, feeling um, pretty depressed with how the day had gone so far. Uh, But I was still very, very confident in my last prediction of the round, which ended up being the better of the week. I hope you guys followed or tipped it. And it was Canberra upsetting Melbourne. Not just upsetting Melbourne, dominating Melbourne, uh, with a resounding 22-6 victory. So we've got plenty to talk about there. We're going for another 16 rounds straight, so we're going to get straight into it. And it all starts on Thursday night. Let's get to it. The Broncos versus the Roosters. And round four kicks off as i said at suncorp stadium on thursday night at 750 when the brisbane broncos host the sydney roosters now the broncos they kick started the uh restart of the nrl season last week with a uh, shock loss to the eels they uh were completely dominated in that match they looked completely different to the team that we'd seen in the first two rounds of the year um the new rule change of the of the penalty you know the infringement being a six again call instead of a penalty uh, resulted in the Broncos having to defend uh, their goal line and defend their line for long periods of time in that match. And by the time they got the ball, uh, they'd even make a stupid error or they just would not have enough uh, firepower left in the tank to get uh, out of trouble out of their own half. So they were really, really under pressure for long periods of that match. They didn't handle it well. However, they're going into this game um, you know, with some experience with the new rules and the new format of the game. Um, so their big forwards, in particular the ones that got fatigued um, very quickly last game, they're going to have to uh, they're going to have to change how they play a little bit if they're going to be successful in this style of play. Now the Sydney Roosters, they're also coming off their first win of the season last week against the Rabbitohs. They uh, they won quite comfortably in the end, but they didn't make it easy for themselves. They scored a lot of points early on in that match. But then we're almost looking like they were trying to get the Rabbitohs back in that game by just handing them opportunity after opportunity. Their game management suffered a little bit. Um, and even though Cole Flanagan had a good game, I'd like to see him and Luke Kiry combine a little bit more um, if there's going to be a chance of of the free people, which they definitely are. You look at the paper; they got all the class in the world. In the big moments of the game last week, you got people. You had people like James Tedesco uh, stepping up. You had, as I said, Kyle Flanagan stepping up, and Jake Friend was really impressive last week as well. So, this game, in my opinion, it's uh, gonna feature, as I said, a much improved Broncos performance. I don't know if it'll be enough against the against the Premiers. I think the Premiers might be a little bit too classy in the end. I've got the Roosters in this one by fourteen. Friday Night Football kicks off at Campbelltown Stadium at 6pm when the Penrith Panthers take on the New Zealand Warriors. Now, the Panthers, they should have taken two points home last weekend. They went in 14-0 early against the Knights, and the Knights had key injuries to um, players like Mitchell Pearce and Connor Watson, two of their four uh, key playmakers. The Panthers then uh, they had to fight a, a flurry of uh, Newcastle offense, and they couldn't get the two points there. It was theirs for the taking, though, and they should have They should have got it. The pro- promising signs for them, Matt Burden, their young 5'8", um, with very minimal first-grade experience. He uh, tried to slot five, I feel, gone on five different occasions. Did not uh, succeed with it. The confidence was there, The um, and the effort was there, which is the key things to take away from that game. They are still undefeated, and they're going to be taking on a Warriors side that... Impressed a lot of people last week. I mean, I tipped the Dragons to beat them, um, and I thought the Dragons would beat them pretty thoroughly. I mean, I knew they were going to have some effort after everything that happened Um, in the break, of course, them relocating to Australia due to COVID, and they're pretty much being the reason that there is a competition restarted. So a lot of respect there to the New Zealand Warriors. But they came out, and they played as good as they played in years. I mean, at one point, they were 40 from 40 with completions, and I don't know if I've ever seen a Warriors team um, complete the ball and... uh, have such a good game plan as the Warriors did last week. Did that game plan get executed for perfection? Well, completion-wise, it did. I don't know if they threw too much at the Dragons in attack. Obviously, they threw enough because they scored three tries to nil and won that game. But the Dragons were very disappointing in that game. But take nothing away from the Warriors' performance. I mean, they were very impressive. Um, Roger Shek led, by example. Their young forwards really impressed me. Um, In Katoa and uh, Tanoa Brian, both very impressive. Um, Led by, of course, Tohu Harris, who had a dominating performance. One of his best performances probably in the last five years since he left Melbourne, to be honest. He's been good at New Zealand, um, but he really, really had an impact on the game last weekend. So this game here, the Panthers versus the Warriors, it's going to be a tight one. I mean, the, the Warriors have nothing to lose, and they proved that last week. They're going to be trying on every play. They're not going to be giving up, and... Usually, in, in past years, you'd question if they can they can do that week in, week out. But the way I saw them play last weekend, I mean, I think they're going to throw plenty at Penrith. And they are very capable of an upset here. Of course, Penrith is still missing Nathan Cleary, their, their key playmaker. He has been suspended for one more week, of course, with his um, his infamous TikTok scandal uh, in the off season. But the Panthers, as I said, there was promising signs there last week. Their forward pack has really been stepping up. Um with the leadership of Isaiah Yo, who's been one of the form forwards in the game, and Apicoros here as well, has been a fantastic signing for Penrith. So I'm going to go Penrith barely. I mean, I'll go Penrith by four points in this game. I, the Warriors will be fighting for a long period of time, and as I said, the Warriors are even capable of an upset. So I have no confidence at all. I'm going to tip Penrith by four points in this match. The second match of Friday Night Football takes place from the Melbourne Storm versus the South Sydney Rabbitohs. Down there, Melbourne and Amy Park. Obviously, the Storm were rattled last week against the Canberra Raiders in what I tipped as the upset of the week. Uh, But a lot of people expected Melbourne to win that game. They were poor throughout the match. They did not play like a typical Melbourne team, and hence there's been headlines, uh, especially from sources like Channel 9 and Phil Gould, that said that the Melbourne Storm have lost their way a little bit and they're not the intimidating force they were a few years ago. However, um, if that doesn't fire them up, I don't know what will and they're versing a team that might not be down on confidence, uh, but they're certainly down on form. They've had a lot of off-season dramas, and they didn't really respond too well against the Roosters last week. They were far already outplayed uh, the South Sydney Rabbitohs. Latrell Mitchell still learning uh, the fullback role, since Wayne Bennett is consistent to uh, keep him there. I don't know why he is, to be honest. I'll move into to centre. there There's even been some talk in my house about potentially moving him to 5'8". Uh, but saying that, Troy Dargan. Uh, on the positives for South Sydney. We had a very good debut last week in the absence of Cody Walker. Strangely enough, he did most of the kicking. I don't know what our captain, um, the Rabideaus captain, Adam Reynolds, was doing um, for a long period of that game. He's supposed to be the chief playmaker and he's supposed to be doing the majority of the kicking um, and he's supposed to be organising this team around the best he can. So a little bit of worrying signs that instead of controlling the team, he I don't know if he let, but the situation was a 19-year-old kid did the majority of the playmaking work for the Rabbitohs. And I feel like we struggled um, without you know proper leadership. Damien Cook and Cam Murray did stand up for long periods of time in that game, but the South Sydney Rabbitohs need to be a lot better this week if they're going to be any chance against a Storm team that will be fired up, uh, ready to go. We all know the talent that the Melbourne Storm have. Um, people like House and, and uh, Munster and Hughes, they were left a little bit quiet this week. I don't see it happening two weeks in a row. Bellamy is uh, going to be, he was livid after last week's performance, calling it a disaster and pathetic and embarrassing. downright not embarrassing. Um, so him and Cameron Smith, they're going to have this team uh, fired up and ready to play some good football. And I think they're going to be way too good for the South these Rabbitohs, unfortunately, because the Ravidos are my team. But I expect the Storm to win this one comfortably um, by about 16 points. Souths will fight um, like they did last week, but I just think they're going to be Uh, simply outclassed in this game. Also worth noting um, that this is a game that all South Sydney fans fear. Uh, The Rabbitohs are one of the only, if not the only team, to never win a game in Victoria. They've never beaten Melbourne in Melbourne um, after 22 years of trying. This will be the 22nd year. They've never won a game against Melbourne. I believe they've only won four or five games overall against the Melbourne Storms they had about 35 matches against them. So... They've got a terrible record against the Storm, and I don't see it being uh, improved anytime soon, unfortunately. superstar only has two games this weekend, during the a long weekend, um, which we'll get to the Monday game shortly. But this match at 5:30 at Bankwest Stadium uh, could prove to be the match of the round when the Parramatta Eels host the Manly Sea Eagles. Both teams, big winners coming out of round three. The Eels, of course, they're free from free. They haven't lost a game yet. Why Manly only lost round one against the Melbourne Storm. It's shaping up to be a blockbuster. The Eels, they were too, far too good for the Broncos last weekend. I think the new rules really suited them. They've got some good mobile forwards, people like Ryan Madison um, and Sean Lane out there for Parramatta. And their playmakers could really roam, pick their moments and uh, choose when to get involved. Dylan Brown had a great game, the young 19-year-old. Clint Garson was really impressive as well, and Mitchell Moses um was as good as he's ever been. It's about consistency for Parramatta, though. The Broncos match was the probably the toughest challenge they've had so far um after two early victories against the Bulldogs and the Titans. I don't see this one being an easy one. I see this even being tougher than the Broncos um match. The Meanly Seagulls um they had a a pretty slow start to the game on Sunday night against the Canterbury Bulldogs before uh, the, as I said, as I said many times, I think I feel like the Bulldogs struggled to score points, and mainly um, through the leadership of uh, the Trowitch brothers, in particular, Tom, who had a fantastic game, had one of the best games we've ever seen. Um, Tom Tur- Turbo have he completely dominated the Bulldogs, uh, set up multiple opportunities, scored multiple tries himself. He was having a field day out there. However, this is going to be a much bigger challenge for Manly. Um, I feel like they do have the forward pack to really intimidate the um, the Eels, and I think this match will be won in the forward pack. You've got people like Fanua Blake and Martin Tapia, the big props. I'm looking, there, looking to them to have a big game, if merely any chance to upset the Eels. Joel Thompson and Curtis Siren and Curtis Siren in particular, um, were in really good form on Sunday, so that's impressive signs. And then you got Jake Taroy, Rich as always, in their starting forward pack, ready to go and have a big performance. I think they've got... The ability to upset the likes of Regan Kimball, gillard Jr., Paulo, Sean Lane, Ryan Madison, all these guys are in really good form as well. So I feel like it's going to be a, a battle of the forward packs. I think Manley's forward attack is just a little bit stronger. They might get over the top of them. Um, and then it really comes down to people like Dylan Walker and Sherry Evans versus Brian and Moses. Their playmakers at it. Also be a big battle between Tom Turbo and Clint Govson there at the in the back. They both had a very good performance um, in round three. I thought Clint Govson was going to be my fullback of the week. In fact, until the last game of the round when Tommy Turbo came out of nowhere and had an absolutely damaging performance against the Bulldogs. So I expect it to be a tight match for it. Um, It's going to be a very entertaining game of football. Both these teams definitely, um, the new rule changes definitely add uh, advantages and help them, um, especially with their mobile forward pack. as I said, and their damaging and exciting backs. I think Manly might just have a bit too much for this Eels side. Um, who I think need to be put back to earth a little bit. I'm not saying they're arrogant, um, but I'm just saying that without a loss on the board, their confidence is sky high, and I think a loss early in the season actually won't hurt Parramatta's chances this season. And I think Manly um, have a lot to prove, and I think they're going to prove it this weekend. I've got Manly by six points in this one. Super Saturday will conclude this weekend when the Cronulla Sharks travel up to Queensland Country Bank Stadium to take on the North Queensland Cowboys at their new stadium, and both teams had very different round threes. The Sharks, they uh, basically threw a game away against the Tigers. They uh, they really struggled out of the sheds there. They were down 10-0 early in that match before they kind of got their acts together and they were winning 16-10 at half time, And they were looking far the better team before not scoring a point in the second half. They really struggled to get any sort of momentum. And their playmakers, uh, in my opinion, definitely need to step up if there are any chance this week. Of course, they are going to be missing Chad Townsend, who suffered... Uh, a knee injury, I believe it was, at the end of uh, last weekend's game. But I question the Sharks' commitment. I mean, Sean Johnson was barely sighted. Um, Matt Moylan had a quiet return from injury as well. And I feel like uh, soft defense. I mean, there was one particular instance there with Josh Dugan, who we can give a little bit of a break um, because he did score two tries. But him and Chad Townsend didn't get anywhere near... um, David Northalluma, when he scored the match-winning try on the weekend, he just they just let him go straight through and score that try almost. It seemed like, so I think they got a lot to prove. Their forward packs need to, their forward pack needs to be better as well. People like Aaron Woods and Toby Rudolph, um, why is a good young kid Toby Rudolph? They really failed to have much of an impact on the game. The um, core away grain those guys need to be better as well. And Jack Williams needs to uh, prove that he is the right man to inherit that number 13 against Paul Gallon because he is a promising young kid, but I think he's been very disappointing to start the season. Now, you look at the Cowboys round three, and the Cowboys had a quite comfortable victory against the Titans. I thought the Titans throw a little bit more at them, being the first game back in this competition for them. Uh, they did not. The Cowboys forward pack did seem tired in the first half, though. They It was a pretty close game heading into hard time, and I think the rule changes kind of... Um, hurt their go-forward a little bit. I mean, they've got such a big forward pack, the Cowboys, and if the game's going to be that quick for long periods of time, I don't know if they can they can challenge the big teams without changing the way that they play football. Um, because if you're going to just go and barge straight up and down with your forward pack um, straight down the middle of the field all game, it's going to make them fatigue quickly. And when they've got to defend um, and get back on side uh, quick, I think they might struggle against teams like the Roosters and the Raiders later in the season. But in this game, um, I mean, Jason Tarmololo, if you did not hear the news yesterday, he has been ruled out. Michael Morgan's still out for the Cowboys as well. So I think this evens the match against the Sharks up a little bit. I still expect the Cowboys uh, to get the points here. People like Valentine Holmes and Ben Hampton um, and Reese Robson off the bench as Hooker. Outstanding Last weekend, he is also off the bench this weekend too. But I think pressure's on Jake Greenfield to keep his spot. So he got some really good guys performing there for the Cowboys, and you can't, you just can't simply tip the Sharks if you look at the first three weeks of the competition. I mean, they've been in positions to win every single one of their matches, and they're just falling apart at the end. And until they show me some sort of game organisation and some sort of game management, I can't tip the Sharks. So I've got the Cowboys in this one by ten points. If the Eels and Manly aren't the match of the round, this one certainly uh, has a chance to take that title when the Newcastle Knights take on the Canberra Raiders at Campbelltown Stadium. The Raiders coming off a huge upset, a huge victory last weekend against the Storm that uh, further cemented their premiership credentials. They were outstanding on the weekend without John Bateman, who I believe still hasn't been named this week as well. Um, But their side absolutely dominating, and that was the week last week that cemented that George Williams could be the missing piece of the puzzle. As I've been saying for Canberra, uh, he was outstanding. He really tore uh, the Melbourne Storms to shreds in that game. the found uh, line breaks here, there, and everywhere. He was always supporting every play, and he was close to the player of the week last weekend. But the whole team was a team effort. People like Josh from Harley really stood up in the forward pack. Him and Elliot Whitehead, Corey Horsburgh. Very impressive performances. But take nothing away from Newcastle. They were two from two, and they easily could have been two from three heading into this week. They didn't get the win last week, but they got the one point after 90 minutes, which was an outstanding effort when you look at the fact that they lost two of their uh, chief playmakers very early in that game, Mitchell Pearce, getting knocked out in the fourth minute, and uh, Connor Watson... Not long after um, getting a serious injury that will keep him sideline for six to eight weeks. So they had plenty of reasons and plenty of excuses to fall down and not get the job done. But they showed a lot of heart. They showed a lot of character. And they stayed in the fight. They defended their line for long periods of time before they got an opportunity to come back in this game. And they really scored some points fast and really challenged that uh, Penrith Penrith pack. Now they struggled in Golden Point, admittedly. to win the game, trying to kick field goals and trying to get that main game management set up um, to get them in position to win. But the way they defended, um, they were they were super impressive and take nothing away from Newcastle's performance last week at all. But this week, um, they they need to have Pearce um, and Coback back and Ponga as well, who suspended last week, which I failed to mention. They need to have both those guys back and fired up and ready to go because Canberra are not going to be an easy team to beat. I said in my season prediction video that they are my predicted premiers. Nothing has changed. I think that they are just going to be rolling on. They've got plenty to prove, Canberra. And you just see the effort and even the little plays for Canberra. I mean, Josh Hodgson, absolutely outstanding. He's the type of player that will fight in everything. Um, so I think Newcastle have their work cut out for them. I expect them to fight. Um, both these teams, as I said, they fight at every opportunity. Newcastle take nothing away from them. They're, they've been outstanding this year. I just expect uh, Canberra to just get over the top of them at the back end of each half um, and just have a bit too much firepower for the Knights, who, um, as I said, have definitely surpassed my expectations so far this year. So I have Canberra in this game. I've got them by eight points. Hey, guys. I want to thank you guys again for listening to the show. There was a technical error this week. Um, I did, I have ended the podcast with the Titans versus the Tigers, Hopefully you're hearing the prediction for this match first, even though it is the last match of the weekend, and that's the Monday game against the Dragons and the Bulldogs. It's a game that I forgot was happening. Shows you how excited I am for the match. It's the battle of the teams that can't get a win on the board. Uh, Both their coaches are under the pressure. Both a lot of their players on both teams are under pressure, and that is the Bulldogs versus the Dragons. The Bulldogs, they've had the problem all year where they can't score points. Their defense is pretty solid, and they hang into the games for a long period of time. Of course, the exception being last week when Mealy were far too good for them at the end of their game. They um, they held on well for the first 20 minutes, but after that it was a bit of a bloodbath. Um, Tom Turbo, Tommy Torojevic, he absolutely dominated this Bulldog side and made them look like amateurs. They do get the boost of Kieran Foran in this week, which hopefully will help their attack. Um, but they just need to find a way to get points on the board because we all know that they've got a, a good foundation for defense and Dean Pay is a very good defensive coach but as I said his uh, position is definitely under fire and under a lot of pressure. Um, will he be coaching to the end of the year? Who knows what's going on in that situation but the key to the victory in this game as I said for the Bulldogs is their attack is getting points on the board um, and being a little more creative with the football I think for and will add that to their side um, and we'll see what happens. They're up against the Dragons team that did not fire a a shot at the Warriors last week. They did score a lot of points round two against the Panthers, but they were ter- they had one of the probably one of the worst performances I've ever seen out of a St George Illawarra Dragons side last week. It was embarrassing. None of their players looked like they wanted to be there, um, and it just shows you how down. When you when you look at it, because there's been a lot of media scrutiny, there's been a lot of a lot of pressure on this Dragons team during this week. After the match happened on Saturday, and you look through their history, and you can see how down, how much of a downward spiral this Dragons team has been on since they won the Premiership in 2010. Wayne Bennett came in that team, and he really completely changed the culture of the club. I mean, ever since then, it's basically been a boys' club for former Dragons players, people like uh, like Paul McGregor, even before that with Nathan Brown. Um, and Dean Young, Ben Hornby, all these assistant coaches, I'm not saying they're not talented coaches, but the landscape and the culture of the Dragons have to change If They're going to be successful. And in my opinion, I just don't see Paul McGregor as the, play, as the coach that's going to lift this team and get them to win games consistently. They might win this game against the Bulldogs. I still personally believe a change has to happen. For the Dragons to salvage his 2020 season. And I don't know if it is salvageable. Because if you hear the reports. And if the reports are to be believed. After that game on Saturday. Paul McGregor. He was in the locker room. He asked for reasons. uh, Why the Dragons didn't stick to the game plan. And didn't produce against the Warriors. And not one single player. Not one single player stood up and spoke there. Don't get me wrong, there's players in that team that are trying. Cameron McInnes was absolutely outstanding in his comeback. 72 tackles. He is trying his ass out out there, but there's a lot of Dragons players that aren't and a lot of Dragons players that are struggling to make an impact um, and they need an immediate change. The rumored replacement is either Dean Young, who does not have first grade experience, but he is an up-and-coming coach. Of course, he is a former Dragons player. Or Shane Flanagan, who's already at the club, who's actually banned from coaching... Head team for another twelve months, unless the NRL is to give him exemption. I think they should be looking another way. I think they should be looking at the experienced first grade coach. I think they should be looking at a man like Jeff Toovey. He has a fifty eight percent winning record. Um, I believe it's something like sixty one wins, forty three losses in a draw, and he did take Manly to the twenty thirteen Grand Final against the Sydney Roosters. That was a pretty close green final, so he could re- easily have a green final victory, and that's the credentials that the Dragons should be looking at. More importantly than credentials, however, Jeff Tuvey adds a layer of toughness that I feel like the Dragons have been lacking for a long period of time. He adds discipline to the team, and that's what the Dragons need, because a coach like Jeff Tuvey, he's not going to accept these results um, You know that we... We weren't good enough. They have a very talented team on paper, the Dragons. They got people like Vaughan, Frizzell. These are New South Wales internationals. Men Hunt, when he's confident in form, he's absolutely outstanding. But they can't get it together and they just don't they don't seem confident. They don't seem like they're comfortable playing with each other. Jeff Tovey would be the man to fix that. Um of course I think it's probably too smart for the Dragons board. I don't know if they're smart enough to actually make a decision like that. I don't know if they um are comfortable letting an outsider in and ta- letting the outsider take control of the club, but I feel but that that's the main reason why the tr- the club's in this um in this situation at the moment because they're letting um their results on the field be dictated by their actions off the field. And that's not healthy for a football team. But let's anyway, re over. Sorry about that. Let's get into the prediction for this weekend. The Dragons have changed uh, Norman to fullback. They put Adam including in. They've been a fair few positional changes there. I've got the Dragons just being too strong for the Bulldogs uh, only because I feel like they're going to have to be at least a little bit fired up. I don't know if they want to play for McGregor, but they they've got to show something, the Dragons, surely. And as I said, I don't think the Bulldogs are capable of scoring many points in a match, so I think the Dragons might be a little too bit strong in this game here. So the time slot that I at least look forward to every week in the National Rugby League is the 6.30 Sunday time slot. I just feel like a lot of people um, are fatigued after the hugely exciting week of football that we've had thus far. And uh, it's pretty much where you put the least interesting game of the week. Now, I mean, that's a bit unfair when you look at this match between the uh, West Tigers and the Gold Coast Titans. There's no doubt that the Titans probably deserve to be in this slot after their start to the year. I thought they would. Uh, throw a lot more at the North Queensland Cowboys than they did last Friday night. They hung in, in the first half of the game, but then they showed very little. I mean, people like Ash Taylor um, were barely sighted. Him and Nathan Peets didn't really add anything in attack when the Titans definitely needed to. After They had to defend long periods of time, and they only scored out of a little bit of brilliance there, By I believe it was uh, Philip Semy who provided that little bit of spark and tried to get them back into the match. I feel like it's uh, very harsh on Justin Holbrook to have to come over to the Super League as the new coach and have to expect to get immediate results because it's just not a playing roster um, that I feel like is in a position to win many, if any, games in the NRL at this point, which might be too being a little bit too harsh. But I said I didn't think feel, feel like they were too far away from a win last weekend, and I feel like that was the one, the wrong, probably the worst call I've made in this podcast so far. They seem at the moment they seem miles away from a victory. And as I said, uh, for Holbrook to turn that around um, on a week-to-week basis, I think it's asking a lot. And uh, Jamil Fogarty, the young halfback, I feel a little bit sorry for him having to make his first-grade debut. And a lot of these guys, a lot of these young guys like Aaron Clark, uh, making their debuts in such a team that That feels devoid of any momentum and any really desire to win matches. I mean, there's obviously some guys that are trying, but as a team, I just don't feel like they're playing as a team at all. Um, This week, they've made a host of changes to Titans. They've got Tyrone Roberts back at fullback. Fogarty's kept his halfback spot, but they've dropped guys like um, Pete's and Shannon Boyd. So you can see that Holbrook really wants to um, prove that, that established players' spots aren't safe. But the, the fact is, he just doesn't have too many options in that side. So and I just hope they, they do improve each week. I mean, if they can keep the Tigers to under 30 points in this game, I think they'll be successful going by a week by week-by-week basis. So I don't give them much chance against the Tigers team, who um, have been very impressive this season. They um, they started very well against the Sharks last weekend before um, they... They kind of started playing different football when they had the lead in that game and their organisation and their game management could have been better. Um, but in the second half, they thoroughly outplayed the Sharks. Um, admittedly, the Sharks were off their game, um, but they did enough to win that game. And I think the Tigers get confidence of every win that they, they get early in this season. The combination between Benji Marshall and Luke Brooks is, um, is improving every week. Dewey is uh, finally finally finding a home there at the fullback spot for the Tigers, and Harry Green in his first game from the transfer, absolutely outstanding. Um, Billy Wald is also a very good utility to have off the bench. So I feel like there's a lot of positives there for the Tigers. I feel like they're going to be way too good for Gold Coast in this game, and I expect uh, the Titans to win uh, the ti- the Tigers to win very comfortably. Um, I don't even know if the Titans will get on the board in this game, to be honest. I've got the Tigers by about 24 in this match. And that concludes round three of the NRL. Um, 40 tips this week. Um, I hope you guys have enjoyed the podcast yet again. We're going to get to my bets of the week very shortly. I'm just looking through the matches now. And if you look at my tips this week, you can see that they have um, tipped an upset or two. Um, Who have I gone I've gone manly. I've gone manly as the upset. I've gone all the other favourites at the moment. But as I said, teams like the Warriors against Penrith and uh and Cronulla into the Cowboys are definitely chances. Um I'm just trying to get them molded together now. If we're gonna go at fifty dollars, um that like, I think I did forty dollars the first three rounds, but we're gonna put fifty bucks on every week as a as a platform um to try to get winners some money last week. Of course we got Canberra up, but I went the Titans with the start and that as I said, proved to be a horrible, horrible mistake. This week, we're going to go to the Sydney Roosters. We're going to pop them in with the Melbourne Storm against the Rabbitohs, um, and we're going to put that in the, the Cowboys to beat Cronulla. That gives us uh, about $3. So, I'll, I'm only going to go one bet this week. It's going to be the Roosters to beat the Broncos, the Storm to beat the Rabbitohs, and the Cow, uh, Cowboys to beat Cronulla. It's not going to be too crazy, but it'll give you 3 bucks, and I think that is... Uh, probably the better of the week. So if we put 50 bucks on that, you're looking at about $150 return. So that is Steve's bet of the week. And as I said, thank you guys for listening to the podcast this week. I appreciate all the continued support. As I said earlier in the year, I was hoping to get some guests on this podcast. I think I'll take a moment to acknowledge that here this week because of everything going on with COVID and in the world. I feel like it's important to establish the setup of this podcast and get everything up and running properly um, and let the world settle down a little bit Um, and hopefully it does do that during the course of this season before I have any guests on. Um, But as I said, thank you guys for your continued support. If you haven't, please like my Facebook page, Steve's NRL Footy Tips, over there. And as I said, ask me questions, guys. If you feel like you have anything you want me to address on the show, hit me up on the Facebook page there or, uh, or message me on the Facebook page as well. Um, but thank you guys for listening another week. If you could, uh, like and leave a review on whatever you're listening, whatever platform you're listening to this podcast on, whether it be iTunes or Spotify, um, or even just supporting anchor who uh, distributes and records this podcast for me. But thanks again. I hope you guys have a great weekend of footy. Um, we officially back It's one of the only sports in the world still going. And hopefully, I can get that loosey perfect round because if you look at my first three weeks, I've got six out of eight, uh, sorry, six out of eight round three, seven out of eight, both round one and two for a success rate of 20 out of 24 games, correct? That's an 83% rate um, of tipping. And hopefully, I can go one better and get a perfect round this weekend. To end the podcast, I'm just going to recap my tips. I've got the Sydney Roosters defeating the Brisbane Broncos, the Penrith Pampers just beating the New Zealand Warriors, the Storm being far too good for the South Sydney Rabbitohs, Mainly upsetting the Parramatta Eels, the Cowboys um, being too good for the Sharks, Canberra um, out shooting the Newcastle Knights, the Tigers being way too strong for the Gold Coast Titans, Um, and the Dragons being too good um, for the Canterbury Bulldogs. But thank you guys for listening this week. I appreciate it, and I'll see you guys back here next week.